Jared Brashler puts one yeah. way up. Speaking of hanging right it, center. that is into the gap. Caleb Cole already on his way home for the Mountain Ducks. That'll make it 6-2. to two. Brashler gets the stop sign, but a stand-up RBI triple for the fly boy, Jared Brashler. It's Mr. Burger. Bites is recorded on location in Ozark, Missouri and presented on Anchor. The views expressed on Burger Bites are not necessarily those of the staff and ownership of the Grip and Rip Baseball League. Enjoy the show. With 40 hits, Jared Brashler ranks third all-time in the Grip and Rip Baseball League. Now a resident of Ozark, Missouri, he lived out a modest dream of playing ball for the hometown team in 2021 when he started in center field for the Ozark Mountain Ducks. Unfortunately for the full-time commercial pilot and part-time pro baseball player, it also marked the fourth time in six years of the GRBL that Brashler played for the team that lost in the championship game at the end of the season. From grip and rip red in the inaugural year to the Trek design engineers in 2018, and then back-to-back with the Springfield Mets and the Ozark Mountain Ducks. Brashler has won second place more than anyone else in the GRBL. We'll cover that sinking feeling of hearing the Howard Bell Trophy as rung by the opposing team. But first, we learn a little bit more about how Jared Brashler put aside his dreams of playing baseball for his dream of becoming a commercial airline pilot. So my, my, my first airline job, we shut down due to COVID, and I got one in the intermediate and just that whole transition was difficult to work with with baseball, but it was like a priority slash job. So, uh, so I ended up missing, I think two games and it just, I, I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I think we're good from here on. <laughs> yeah. I missed the championship last year and then missed the playoff game the year before. It's unacceptable. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll dive into grip and rip with gusto here in a second. So yeah, let's nice. let's throw it way back. So really all I know about young Jared Brashler is that you grew up in Bolivar and and you know, period yep. end of story. So let's fill that in a little bit. What was it like growing up Jared Brashler? You know, did you live in Bolivar your whole life? You know, did you move around a little bit? What was what was the story? Oh, let's see. I ended up in Bolivar in 4th grade. I started in Branson. My dad was in the show business, actually, so I played drums in the show a little bit until I was about eight. <laughs> Random one there. Time out. In the moment that Jared Brashler mentioned this fact about his family, I was dumbstruck. I know that you can't see my facial expressions on this podcast, but my face was set to stun. It turns out Jared Brashler is part of the Brashler family, which is a semi-complicated network of gospel performers that operated shows in Branson, Missouri for more than 25 years. Jared's father, Jerry Brashler, was part of that family, and so Jared apparently played drums for some gospel, bluegrass, country, and western numbers. Through one iteration or another, the Brashler family was one of Branson's oldest and longest-running acts. Again, I should have asked follow-ups, but I was too stunned. All right, back to baseball. But then ended up that that closed up, and then ended up in Bolivar and uh, basketball and baseball. That was that was growing up in small town Bolivar. Okay, so how how serious was your baseball career, you know, as a young person, and then especially, you know, in those formidable years as a teenager? Younger days, it was all rec ball, honestly, up until I was in freshman, and then started to play Legion ball at that point. But it just I didn't even know about the travel stuff. 
unfortunately I didn't because I'm glad <laughs> it would have been too much of my childhood. But <laughs> anyways, no, I started playing Legion ball freshman year and then Legion high school ball all the way to graduation. Obviously you were a college baseball player, so there there had to have been a point where it got sort of serious, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, it was from my freshman year, it got kind of, I took it too serious, but I think all of us struggle with that thinking, you know, that's all there is when you got school and life to deal with, but, or to enjoy, I should say. But no, I, I wanted to play. I mean, I said, I want to be a pilot. I also want to play baseball too. <laughs> we all do, right? Yeah. Played through high school and then got a few looks there towards the end and then turned down my best one. And then, ended up, so I ended up in a deal where I couldn't play Legion ball my senior year because I, a couple of days difference in age. I was the older one in my class. So I ended up summer not playing ball. So I ended up at Evangel after that. <laughs> yeah, what what were the options? I mean, was was there someone other than Evangel University interested in you? Yeah, actually, Tennessee Tech was one that reached out to me early on in my junior year, and I went out and visited that. It just didn't feel like a good fit. It was a small D one school, but um, that was really it. There wasn't a whole lot. Evangel, you know, the local schools. So you know, did Evangel come after you, or did you go after them? Yeah, yeah. No, they had. Yeah, they had, and then I kind of. Should have showed interest. I kind of leaned towards the Tennessee thing, whatever, and then ended up not going there. And then kind of a last minute, well, I got to find somewhere to go. Like, whoops. Okay, <laughs> so you know, it, was, it was a little inauspicious beginning, but uh-huh. uh, eventually yep. you got onto the campus. So, so yep. then what happened? You know, was it? Well, I played a year there, and then I wanted to spread my wings and fly, if you will. Ended up at Crowder, and uh, so I went. I ended up behind a, a group and rip guy that showed up two year, a couple years ago. Lauren Story, I ended up behind him, and he's really good. He went on to Fresno State, so he kind of limited my chance to play. So <laughs> I was like, all right. So I just shut it down and quit after that. Went to pursue aviation. Right. Well, I was about and to then end- we played on the same team a couple years. Ago. Right. Yeah. The, the, the Cyclones. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so, but yeah, I know like Crowder is a that's a really serious junior college yeah. baseball. You know, they've been good for decades now for for the people yeah. who don't follow it. So. That must have been pretty tough. And it just so happens, like, I actually lived on that campus one summer. I had a job there. Oh, nice. In Neosho nice. during college. So I, I know a little bit about how not exciting life in Neosho can be. I would imagine it was not easy. Well, I came home most weekends. We'd play. I think in the fall, we would play, you know, a game on, I think it was Saturdays or something for fall ball. And then I'd roll home after that stay with some friends and then head back Saturday for wait or Sunday for weights in the evening and right back at it again. So obviously there was a moment where you just decided, well, it's like a, I, enough's enough. It kind of became a chore. More of a, the fun was kind of losing it. And I felt like I was running into dead end roads. So the decision kind of made itself for me. And then grip and rip came up. I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah. I mean, I was honestly burned out mm-hmm. just to be frank. I was burned out from all of it. So years of not playing, kind of learn to enjoy it again and watch it again. And then this thing came out of the blue and I was like, okay, why not? So, so yeah, you're a, you are a pioneer of the grip and rip baseball, yeah, right. a, a season one original. How did you, how did you discover it in the first place? Oh, how did I discover it? I do not. I mean, I think we saw it on Facebook. I remember going out to the open workout and I played, so I played slow pitch against Skinner or Justin Skinner, and John Barrett. And I don't remember if I learned it from them or whatever. Being that they were all at that workout, I just remember being there, kind of like, "Wow, I never expected this to happen again." We're out on a baseball field, like it would, be, it had been, oh man, I think twelve years or so since I stepped foot on a baseball field. But I think it was Facebook. 
Seems like a lot of people find it on Facebook. Good so good job, Tony. Yeah. I ask this of, of any of the season one guys just because I've found I've gotten 60 different stories. You know, what do you remember about that first tryout? You know, before any games had been played, I know, you know, nobody was entirely certain how it was going to be. Yeah. So, you know, what are your memories of that day? So I think the tryout, it was an intimidation factor of like, oh, here we go. Call it kind of tryout slash pro style deal. These young guys are going to come in and make me look terrible. And I remember Andy Galley walked in. I was like, oh my gosh, we got this dude that looks like legit. <laughs> He's going to mow us down. Jeez, <laughs> what have I gotten into? When you get on that mound, nobody's your friend, you know? Excuse my language, I'm not a dick anybody. But when I'm there to play baseball, I'm just a totally different character. I'm, like I said, very competitive. But then uh, as we started to do the tryout, I was like, oh, okay, this is looking more doable. And then fortunately I made a team, got to play on Skinner's team. I had a terrible first year, but <laughs> just nothing to show for it. But anyways, it's, it's hard to hit a baseball we haven't done in a while. Some of these people could show up and just do it anyways. But it was a lot initially, but then it kind of slowed back down and felt, you know, like it used to. Yeah, you so ended Andy up, scared me. Yeah, so, I mean, well, so it's funny you mentioned Andy Galley. He ended up being one of your first teammates, Grip and Rip. He, he was. Yep, I look at that roster, I'm like, Andy Galley, Tyler Henry, Tyler Jones, Justin Parker, Chris yeah. Mesa. You mentioned Justin Skinner, Lucas Vestal, Kendon Brown. These were all guys who, had, yeah. who were good players who had good careers. How did you guys not win the inaugural GRBL championship? Uh, I think because we were playing Tony's team. Is that right? Yeah, I, yeah, it was you guys against Grip and Rip Black in the final, and they it were, went to extras, right? Yeah, it did. They were they had some pretty good pitching. I mean, they had the man. They had some guys who could throw. And they could hit. Yeah, it was a close game. We got the extras, and I think there was a, I don't know, if it was a blooper, a line to the right center that dropped and got to run in. But yeah, we were we were a pretty good team. But I don't know. If, it's like every year. Some teams it just takes a long time to gel and kind of things going that was the first year for a lot of us to do this again it seemed like the black team at the time they seemed to you know just work together well from the beginning and we kind of ran into that at the end so even after having you know what you just said was a terrible year you came back so you know what was it that that bit you or that enticed you to to want to have another go at it in 2017 oh it was fun i mean that's all there was to it it was fun i didn't play well but it was fun getting to do it again and i knew that you know, a lot of it was just getting the dust off. I had friends that play around the country in different men's leagues, and they all kind of said the same thing. You know, it's going to be your first year back. Some guys just go out there and hit. They're naturals, whatever. Some of us have to work back into it. But getting back into seeing someone throw a fastball, sometimes we had guys that could throw a 90 mile an hour. You see a 90 mile an hour fastball, you haven't seen it for that many years, followed by a nasty curveball in the dirt. It's a hard adjustment. <laughs> like I enjoyed it, so I, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to keep coming back. So that would set off. And then off, Barrett got me the second year. So yeah, so yeah, John Barrett, and then that also set off uh, three consecutive years of, of playing with or for Scott Nasby. Yeah. What has it been like, you know, having Scott Nasby, one of the grip and rip greats, to be, you know, you know, hand in hand, he's he's kind of meshed with part of your career as well. Well, can we get him back? Can we start there. Um, no. Let's start with that. Yeah, <laughs> Scott Nasby, get back oh, out here, buddy. Well, he's kind of a busy man. Got a whole baseball program to run, right? It's been fun. It was fun playing with him. I know I didn't know him actually before this. So that's one of the coolest things about the league is just getting to know these guys that you kind of heard about or played against growing up. Or like I remember I was playing summer ball between college seasons. I think it was the year they were playing the World Series. And we were watching them, Missouri State, playing the College World Series or SMS, whatever it was at the time. And he was playing. 
and then to turn around and play on the same team as Tim years down the road, just kind of cool. It's been fun. One of the cool, the coolest thing is just the relationships and things. But then my son's gotten to play with him and his son summer baseball. So that's kind of been one of the highlights for for me. Yeah, let's you know, in addition to being a player, I know you've you've kind of spread your wings into coaching a little bit too. What has that been like being coach dad or or dad coach or some combination thereof? <laughs> So Coach Dad did mainly T-ball, a little bit of Coach Pitch, and then uh, last year's work got in the way, so I wasn't able to do that. But uh, but it's, it was fun. My middle son, he's not too excited about getting out there in front of people, so being out there helps him. Um, hoping to help him in the summer so he can get more confidence to go out there and mash the ball like it. it was, I mean, it's fun. It's kind of it's cool to see the little kids get to enjoy it. More recently, for you as a player, uh, it's been back-to-back championship game appearances. You know the Metropolitans in 2020, and then the Mountain Ducks in 21. Uh, you know, two very different teams with two very different styles. Let's let's kind of start there. Can you could just kind of compare and contrast for me your experiences over just the past two seasons? Well, two years ago, there was music in the dugout um, <laughs> throughout the game. What else? No, it was totally chill, relaxed. Brock's awesome to play for. I had a blast playing with them. It was we just went out there and did it, had fun. There was no, I mean, it was serious. I guess you take it seriously, but we just had a good time. AK, it was fun in just the same amount of way. It was different. Like he's relaxed, but it is a little more business. I don't want to sound that condescending. It's not condescending at all. But it's just a different style of doing things, and we all got along great. It's a great camaraderie in that group. It was two extreme differences, but I enjoyed both of them equally. The big, the biggest thing out there, like I feel like, is just the coaches and just having a, a relaxed deal where the players just get to know each other and just have fun. The earlier in the season you can do that, the the better it goes. You know, I hate to say it this way, but I think you have played or or been on teams that have made the most Howard Bell Trophy games without actually winning it. <laughs> Yep. Right. It's, my, it's, fault. It's four, <laughs> my fault. It's four. It's four out of the last six. Right. Yep. Uh, okay. Is, just to give someone else the opportunity to is, win. Is, it, so. <laughs> other than just Jared Brashler, period. You know, is there some common denominator that has gotten in the way of you and that champagne and ringing the bell and winning the championship? Uh, I feel like, with the exception of last year, it was extra innings. If we made the extra innings. It was an impossible situation. <laughs> it was just we ended up stacked against Murphy, who would go six innings. Uh, uh, year one, I can't. I think we ended up against uh, the flamethrower. I think they stacked him in the back. I can't remember exactly. It just it always seems to end up in extra innings, and we've just run out of arms. So what's it going to take? Getting it done in nine innings, or uh, you know, what is it going to take for Jared Brashler to win a bell? Oh, uh, let's see. Score some runs at the beginning of the game. Every team I've been on is latest, has been a late score. I don't know if that's the theme of the whole league, but it feels like most teams I'm a part of, we get going in the fifth, sixth, seventh. And so there you go. Score early. Okay. Well, so, I mean, you're. And be at the game. I mean, I need to be at the game. Too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that. But my new job, I, that, unfortunately, I ended up in training that, that week. So. Uh, yeah. I understand. Like work kind of got in the way for you with the Mountain Ducks. Yes. So we'll, yes. we'll blame Sorry. the airline Sorry, on that. Mountain one. Ducks. We'll blame the airline, not your fault. Um, so, but. <laughs> So I mean, yeah, you're we're we're sitting here laughing about it. You know, on the surface, I always say, you know, Jared Brashler seems like a really fun-loving guy, good teammate. You know, has that hey, I'm I'm happy to be here kind of attitude. But I mean, you put six years into this. You know, does it wear on you on some level that you've not yet won a title? Yeah, it does. <laughs> like, it, I mean, it does. I, I cannot be honest. 
it was it was killing me last year. I mean, this last season. I remember I'm I was walking to our training center in Atlanta. I got my phone out, got my AirPods in. I'm watching everything, and I'm literally on the street when they got the last out. And I was like, man, he has been remarkable. Murphy, kick some deals, swing and a miss. He struck him out. And that is one small step for Dan, one giant leap for the Moon City Mavericks. I feel so bad I couldn't be there and help. Not that I would have helped, but I at least wouldn't like to try. <laughs> no, it, it stinks not winning. It's like coming up close every time, but I don't know. So my main thing is having fun, and that's what we're doing. Is it safe to say you're, you know, what would it mean to you to make another run and, and be on a contending team again? Oh, what would it mean? It would mean a successful season. <laughs> putting in the hard work and coming out with the with trophy at the end would be nice. The best thing about the postseason, you get extra games too. It's a short season. So every extra game, yeah, we just got to find a way to finish it off. I know it's, it's a really personally fulfilling thing to be able to play ball again, but as your kids get a little bit older, you know, what does it mean to you to kind of be able to share your playing experience with them or, or for them to be able to watch dad play? That's something that I'm, when I was younger, I grew up in the show business kind of, if you will, in Branson. So I remember going to the shows and doing things. And that was a career at the time for my, my father. But it's cool, I think, now because the kids are going to have this memory of dad playing ball. And it's just going to be a clouded memory, but he was playing at some stadium. What was that? like? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it, it wasn't what you might think. But hey, we had a blast. And the kids look up and get to see it. So I think it'll be, just be a fun memory they get to have. It's fun just getting to play for them. Other than uh, winning that elusive bell, you know, what other goals do you have for yourself individually as a player? Oh, just keep hitting, hit better, hit more, make the plays. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think anyone really there. There's a lot of us to put in a lot more effort than we probably should into this league. <laughs> I will admit, I'm probably one of those. <laughs> like, I mean, we got the Sunday workouts, but then a lot of us are doing other stuff as well. So it's a great motivational deal just to stay in shape and just try to get better. Oh, at what on. point age? What's I was gonna say, at what point does age get in the way and start bringing you the other way? It's got to be close. But let's unpack this a little bit. You know, I've I have been of the belief that Uh-oh. you can't ever put too much. You know, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. So call me guilty. <laughs> so, so I mean, what are you doing in addition to you know occasionally getting out on a Sunday and and taking some cuts with the boys? Just working out specifically for baseball, <laughs> like just different lifts and things that are just kind of associated for helping with that hitting from time to time. I haven't done that. I've, I've kind of stopped for a while for that to take a break over the winter months and then get going. So I know people got going last week. I was looking at it going, yeah, I'm going to wait a little bit more, but <laughs> I wasn't there anyways. But no, it'll be a few months down the road as far as like hitting, I'll start throwing as soon as the weather gets good. And it'll be just, you'll get the guys that go on Sunday and then there'll be other guys that just kind of start meeting up and throwing and meeting in the cage from time to time. I'm hoping that the Sunday workout thing, gains momentum this year last year it kind of hit the summer and everyone got busy so hopefully we can keep this going and get people excited and ready to go raise the competition level yeah, absolutely Limit the injuries yeah <laughs> uh do you ever get to have you know that weird or fun conversation with somebody when you explain what you're working out for or, or you say to them yeah i'm a baseball player oh, I, I have the conversation <laughs> people i work with it's kind of, i have a conversation with them it's kind of fun like, what you still play you play baseball? What? Yeah. Where? Kind of explain it to them. I mean, it's a one-of-a-kind deal, countrywide. I mean, there's just you get to play in a facility like that and then kind of put on the 
the production that's put on and you doing the announcing and it's a one-of-a-kind deal so it's awesome to be a part of so just to explain kind of what all goes into the league itself people are kind of blown away by so then they understand why i'm taking it seriously <laughs> the competitive aspect of it is kind of something that you know is kind of grain in a lot of us so it's nice to have something to go out there and compete to do it is a kid's game if you will but gosh tony gives a speech that you got to kind of stop baseball right either high school college or before or whatever some pro uh, and then you're done you can't play anymore but it's not true like it's if you have an opportunity you should be able to do it so it's just fun getting to do it it's something to it's a kind of motivate yourself to stay in shape for every year the friendships and relationships we develop over the years is just getting to see the guys it's i mean usually it's a, a flush and a lot of new guys a lot of returners but each team has a lot of new guys that you haven't played before but just getting to meet the people see them every year it's just a good time <laughs> and the good time starts may 1st 2022 that is the date that signups open on the league website thegrbl.com if you commit early you'll have no choice but to stay committed until tryouts come up at u.s baseball park at the end of july Jared Brashler and I talked about signing up to try out in grip and rip baseball and the ever so important question that every baseball player contemplates. What will I request as my walk-up song to play in the stadium when I'm batting? For Jared Brashler in 2021, it was Frank Sinatra's Fly Me to the Moon, which I learned was actually a major guffaw on the part of the guys in the press box. you got to help me come up with a walk-up song this year. Someone's got to. i got to come up with something different. So. Yeah, you need something a little more peppy. <laughs> So I'll yeah, we'll right, get on right. that. I will. Uh, I'll so, send you. I'll send you some suggestions for sure. Okay. Do you want to incorporate? My... Do you want to incorporate flight somehow? Right? You want to? No, I don't have to. So there, there's a story behind that song. So my wife okay. and I, when we got married, we walked out of that. So I didn't really? pick it okay. just specifically for my my career. So it's kind of our little fun. So it's romantic. Okay. So it is romantic. But, the ladies' you know, man. It's, it's, All right. Yeah, but it's running its course. So the hardest thing about signing up. Just figured what song you're gonna put on there. It's mm -hmm. always weeks, days. It's like ah, it's not you know a big deal, but you want to do something legit. And I just always default back to this. <laughs> yeah, 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 I get. I've gotten this question from other players. So like you're not alone, and they, like they're even like Brandon Freeman is really bad about it. He'll be like, "What do you think of this song? What do you think of this song?" And it's like every yep. day he every day he sends me something and is like this is the one nice i'm like okay just get signed up go come on and then and then like yeah, the right. next day he's like i'm not signed up yet i can't i'm like dad go <laughs> it's the song man like I, song. I, I yeah so i understand man it's it it has to get you going and like i would want something that pushes tempo like in you know i would want to feel kind of jazzed up in that first and it's got to go in like the first 10 seconds yeah it's true i'll, I'll figure something out but I would say, like, time. "Fly Me to the Moon" was unique enough that it it kind of made well, people was turn their heads. That was yeah. that was an accident. It was supposed or, to become supposed to become "Fly with Me." Fly with me. Somehow right. it ended up it with turned that. Ended up being "Fly Me." Here's right, the rock. Let's go with it. Let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, it worked. Yeah, you know Tony's buddy Ricky Meinhold, who was he played with Tony at Drury, and then he was an executive with the Mets, but. He was at it. He was at one of your playoff games, I think, and did color with me for like an inning. Uh -huh. It just so happened you came to bat, and he was like, "Oh, I love this! Like this guy walks up to Sinatra. He's he's got to be a bad man." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, getting red right. It's like, yeah, that's that's something. Uh, yep. <laughs> so yeah. Well, we will get you a song, man. I will I will dial in with with all the power of my stunning brain. We will. We'll get you nice. some. Nice. 
that'll make signing up so much easier and I won't have to stress about it. So to that, I appreciate it. Good deal, man. <laughs> All right, Burger Bites listeners, it's your turn. In the comment section of the Facebook post for this episode, tell me what Jared Brashler should use as his entrance music. Or just tell me what your song would be. Either way, let's interact on social media and help Brash find a song. It would be perfect for me to play Fly Me to the Moon right now, but I can't. I don't want to get a DMCA strike and probably go bankrupt. I only have permission to use three songs, so here is one of those instead. It was a respectable hit in Japan, and from what I understand, a chart smasher in Rolla, Missouri. Here's Moon City Mavericks right fielder Nick Bacon and The Endless Summer with Satellites. I'm Rance Berger. Whenever I think I can't.